This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. In early 1960, a young man roamed the state of California, robbing women at gunpoint in their own homes. He'd target houses that were for sale. He'd knock on the front door, posing as a potential buyer. Since he was so young-looking, he'd often claim he was house-hunting on behalf of his parents. If a male answered the door, this young man would simply inquire about the sales price or something else about the property. Then he'd turn around and leave. If a female answered his knock, he'd ask questions about the house. Then, when he felt confident that the female was alone or there wasn't an adult male at home, he'd ask if he could step inside to take a look around. Once he was inside the home, he'd pull a gun and tell the homeowner he was there to rob her. Then he'd overpower the woman and bind her with chains. While the female was chained up, the thief would steal valuables. Let me emphasize this. He'd bind his victims with a chain. He wouldn't tie them up with a rope or cord or tape. He'd use a chain. Then he'd use a lock to secure that chain. This youthful criminal hit homes in Modesto, Fresno, Ventura, using the same ruse to get into the homes and rob the homeowners. Eventually, he made his way to Bakersfield. This is the Chain Bandit. Remember, I welcome suggestions for future stories. If you have a story idea, you can contact me through the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Click the contact link to send me a message. And while you're at NotoriousBakersfield.com, you can show your support. Click the support link to buy me a cup of coffee. Be sure to follow the Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each episode, including this one, are posted to those social media pages. Since this is audio only, I can't show you the classified ad. I can only read it to you. So this classified real estate ad ran in the Bakersfield, Californian on February 25th, 1960. By owner, furnished or unfurnished, lovely two-bedroom and den, completely carpeted, draped, fenced, landscaped, etc. Many extras, see to appreciate, and then the address on Rosalia Drive. Seems pretty typical of a newspaper classified ad for the 1960s. This ad consisted of only three lines and was surrounded by dozens of other real estate ads on the 28th page of the Bakersfield Californian. It wasn't printed in bold face or with fancy fonts. Nothing to make it stand out from any of the other ads on the page. Seems innocuous, right? 
because it was. That classified ad was placed by a 42-year-old homeowner, Helen Prawucki. She was selling her home on Rosalia Drive, so she ran that routine, nondescript ad in the Bakersfield Californian. About 9.30 a.m. Friday, February 26, 1960, Helen Prawucki answered a knock on her front door. When she opened the door, a young man stood before her. He was in his late teens or early 20s. This young man had blondish brown hair, wore horn-rimmed glasses, and dressed in Ivy League clothes. I have no idea what that means, but that's how Helen Prawucki described him. He told Helen he saw the classified ad in the Californian. He was looking for a house for his parents. He asked some questions about the property, then asked if he could come inside to take a look around. Helen gave the young man a tour of her house. He concluded that this home, Helen's home, was perfect. He said, quote, this is just what the folks want, unquote. He said he'd go talk to his realtor, then Helen showed him out the front door. About an hour later, the young man was back knocking on Helen's door, and again, Helen let him in. This time, the prospective buyer inquired about the price of some furniture that would be included in the sale. While Helen had her back turned to the man, she felt an object being jabbed into her back. The man said this was a stick-up, this was a robbery, and instructed Helen to lie on a bed. The intruder pulled some chains from his pockets. He bound her ankles and wrists with the metal chains. When he asked where she kept her valuables, Helen volunteered her wedding ring and told him she had some cash in her purse. He removed $21 from the purse. He proceeded to look through the house for other things to steal. Before leaving, the young man instructed Helen not to move or scream for help. But once Helen was confident that he had left her residence, she began screaming. She screamed so loud her neighbor heard the commotion. The neighbor was able to get into Helen's house and free her ankles, but not her wrists. When Bakersfield police patrol officers arrived on scene, it took them a half hour to free Helen's wrists. Later that day, the owner of Kern Jewelry and Loan Company notified Bakersfield police about a transaction they made earlier that day. About an hour after Helen Perucki's robbery, a well-dressed young man pawned a wedding ring at the 19th Street business. The pawn shop owner gave this young man $10 in exchange for the wedding ring. The description of the ring was very similar to the ring stolen from Helen. When police showed this ring to Helen, she was able to confirm that it was indeed her stolen wedding ring. The young man who pawned the ring used a temporary driver's license for identification for the transaction. The name on this temporary license came back to a Ventura man. Bakersfield detectives sent the name off to Sacramento. California officials checked the name against records they had on criminals statewide. California officials were able to determine the name on the driver's license was an alias used by a 19-year-old named Robert Elton Edwards. 
Even though Edwards was only 19 years old, he had a long criminal record, mostly for crimes very similar to the robbery here in Bakersfield. Remember, this was 1960. This was pretty remarkable considering the technology available back then. The pawn shop owner's description of the man matched the description Helen gave of the person who robbed her. Bakersfield police issued an all-points bulletin. It was sent to law enforcement agencies across the country. It notified these agencies to be on the lookout for Robert Edwards. When details of Helen Perwucki's robbery were released to other police departments in California, Bakersfield authorities were notified of crimes committed in other jurisdictions. Multiple robberies that were very similar to the Bakersfield case. Houses that were for sale where the perpetrator robbed female occupants at gunpoint and binding them with chains. Because of this criminal's pattern of chaining his victims up, he was given the moniker the Chain Bandit. With this information, Bakersfield police officials knew Robert Edwards would strike again. The question was where? Would he rob another unsuspecting Bakersfield resident? Or would he move to another city? It didn't take long for officials to get their answer. A few days after learning the true identity of this criminal, three different women in Southern California fell victim to the chain bandit. One lady in Pasadena, one in North Hollywood, and one in Costa Mesa. Sadly, when he struck in Costa Mesa, the chain bandit became the chain killer. Using his familiar method of gaining entry, Robert Elton Edwards walked into the home of Nancy Haas, a 29-year-old school teacher, home alone with her three-year-old daughter. At gunpoint, Nancy Haas handed over $45 from her purse. This time, when Edwards attempted to chain his victim to the bed, she ran. Edwards raised his 22 caliber pistol and fired six times into her back as her three-year-old daughter watched in horror. In that instant, Robert Elton Edwards went from being the chain bandit to the chain killer. Nancy's three-year-old child told police, quote, a bad man came in and hurt mommy, unquote. This three-year-old child gave investigators a physical description of this man, along with a description of the car he was driving. Now, between February 25th in Bakersfield to March 2nd, 1960 in Costa Mesa, in one week's time, Edwards committed four armed robberies and one homicide. That's not even including the crimes he committed before robbing Helen Prawucki in Bakersfield. Three days after the Costa Mesa homicide, a Phoenix, Arizona police detective was on a stakeout in that city. He spotted a white sedan with California license plates, a car that matched the description of a car wanted in connection to Nancy Haas's killing in Costa Mesa. When this Phoenix police officer stopped the car, the driver offered no resistance. He was taken into custody and identified as Robert Elton Edwards. 
Law enforcement from Costa Mesa traveled to Phoenix to question Edwards about the murder of Nancy Haas. Before being extradited to California, Edwards signed a confession admitting to Nancy Haas's murder and the other robberies, including Helen Perwucki's in Bakersfield. Robert Elton Edwards pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing in the summer of 1960, an Orange County judge said this, quote, What you have done puts you beyond the point of where you should receive any sympathy. You took the life of an innocent person. But we don't execute mentally ill people, unquote. The judge sentenced Edwards to life in prison. The Orange County Register published a story about Edwards in 2012. At that time, he was 72 years old and still incarcerated. According to that 2012 article, Edwards has been eligible for parole multiple times, but each time he has refused to participate in the hearings. That article also stated that he refuses to clean himself and he has to be forcibly removed from his cell for it to be clean. I can't find any recent information on Robert Elton Edwards. I've searched the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation website, and he is no longer listed as an inmate. So he's either dead or was paroled. Resources used for this story, the Bakersfield Californian, the Los Angeles Times, and the Orange County Register. I'm Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.